Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Holy shit, what a game. We're we're live right after the game. This is a podcast, post-game recap. Nafi and I are here to go over the Knicks' first W of the 2021-22 NBA season. And, man, what a, what a, like, it's just hard to put it into words, man. Just what a fucking game. How you feeling right now? Bro, that was 1,000% the wildest in my in, in terms of my lifetime, in terms of my like just just what I can recall, that was the wildest opening night game as a Knicks fan I've probably ever experienced. Um, mm. Wild in so many ways, but mostly just because I probably feel like I lost like twenty to twenty five years off my off my like life expectancy. You know what I mean? Like we got eighty more, eighty one more of these shits. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I might need to opt out, bro. But not not a game was crazy. Um, a lot to take away, but I know this is kind of like, boom, our initial live reaction. Technically not initial live reaction, just because it took us like 45 minutes to set up, just because full transparency with our listeners, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, bro, let's let's get right into it, bro. But, like, Let me throw it right to you, bro. What's your initial gut takeaway off of what we just witnessed? Double overtime. Like, when's the last time it was a double overtime, like, you know? opening night game i mean technically it wasn't opening night right yesterday was nets bucks you know little brother franchise versus the champs but you know this is really the opening night historical kind of matchup right for the 75th anniversary of the nba boston the one true new york team but nah i'm gonna throw it back to you what's what's your initial takeaways bro gut reactions all that new york man new york Hasn't lost a game yet. Brooklyn, on the other hand, did lose last night. But New York, the real team, we, we don't know about no else. Man, that's five games in a row. If you want to include preseason, that we've seen the Knicks take a W. And the game in of itself is crazy. And it looks like we have a squad, especially when you compare to the opening of the game of the season excuse me from two seasons ago when it was again the Knicks and the Celtics and that was a garbage game where the Knicks took took like a 25 point loss against the Celtics and basically Boston has more or less the same squad and the Knicks have a legitimate squad right now and top to bottom we can name you know off the dome five players who stood out and for me double OT um and it was close man I, I got I got real scared for a sec I feel like the Knicks were up I don't know, at this point, seven or eight points before uh, Boston caught up and Marcus Smart hit that buzzer beater to take it to the first OT. Ugh. But all all in all, what an amazing game, and I, I wish I were there live. That's that's all I can say. Facts, bro. Like, all I saw on the time, like, shout-out to a lot of the people we follow, like, on Nick's Twitter. Like, it was just, like, it felt like a family reunion. I was seeing it happen live. I'm all the way over here in D.C., you know what I mean? So I just wish I could have been there for the game. Like, I wish Nickish could have, you know what I mean? We could have been out there representing. But, now nah, it was dope to see just, like, the community really come together. Um, the Knicks fan mm-hmm. community, I mean. But, um, yeah, bro, obviously, like, it's game one. And we said it during preseason. Like, our preseason crowd is a playoff crowd for, like, you know what I mean? Like, for most of the franchises. And game one, the vibes were immaculate, bro. Like, just from, like, the introductions with Kemba, obviously, like, his true his one true homecoming. Um, and then just, like, the opening tip to 
what just transpired, double overtime, bro. First thing I got to say is just, you know, there's a lot to touch on or some key things to touch on. But I got to give a shout out to our, our, our young, our young gun, you know what I mean, RJ. Like, you look at the first thing that really stands out when you watch that game, aside from Jalen Brown channeling his inner T-Mac, like that shit was... I was like, I, I literally just kept watching. I was like, who does this dude think he is? Like, did this dude just did this? Shout out to John Starks. But um, <laughs> um, with Tatum, that dude was like, what? He shot like 7 or 30. You know what I mean? Like, that shit would make like 2010 Kobe blush. Rest in peace to the GOAT. But yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of that had to do primarily to just like, yo, RJ really might be that dude as far as like a wing stopper, you know? And I know like... I saw some trepidation, some nervousness in the first half when, you know, he had, like, a quiet offensive half. But I was just, like, noting, you know, that, you know, he was playing solid D on, on RJ. And a trend from last season was, you know, quote-unquote hashtag third quarter RJ. He would just come out just, you know, guns blazing in the third quarter, right? And that kind of happened, you know. He had, like, a nice little mini run himself with Obi. That little tandem really oh. did kind of have, like, a oh. beautiful, like, stretch to, like, late third going into fourth. But yeah, I just gotta give shout out to the young blood, twenty one years old RJ. He was up there, mano and mano with Tatum. Um, I don't know what the exact figures are in terms of like the minutes he was guarding him or the percentage of possessions he was guarding him. I'm sure some nerd on Twitter will have that shit later. But we're not those dudes. But it just like the eye test, you know what I mean? The all famous eye test. RJ was there, bro. He was he was competing, he was battling, and like definitely you could tell that like it was a matchup he was he was up for and he was ready for. So that's just my first initial gut reaction. Is I got to give credit to our our young blood. You know what I mean? What about you? Yeah, that that third quarter, man. There was that moment where Jeff Van Gundy pointed it out. He's like, I don't want RJ Bear to get lost in the offense, especially with the two new guards that the Knicks have. Both of you know, both of them are offensive players in Kemba and Evan Fournier. He didn't want RJ to get lost, and then. Next thing you know, bucket after bucket, dunk after dunk. I think that quarter they might have had like seven or eight dunks yeah. between RJ, Obi, and even Mitch. Yeah, uh, getting oh, in on the shoot. action. And once once RJ had his first bucket, a monster dunk in transition. That's when shit opened up for him. Three pointer there, another dunk. Obi is the next guy I want to transition to because that man is not the same kid as last season. Not at all. He is a totally different player and. We started seeing his growth in the playoffs from last season, and it looks like it's carried over that it wasn't a fluke. Summer League was not a fluke. Preseason was not a fluke. And he's just getting better and better, and he is rapidly becoming a Nick favorite. And, it, like, you hear MVP chants for, for Randall. I might have heard as many OB chants for, for Toppin all game, if you think about it. Every play, he, he is getting into – he's, you know, rapidly getting to – the hearts of New York right now. And for a guy who we, you know, thought about earlier this season as being trade bait for a later superstar, I'm hoping that's not the case, man. Obi being able to pull up from three, he didn't, I don't, I don't know if he made any three pointers this, this game, but he was pulling up at least attempting it, but just opening up the game in the third quarter with him and Rose and just being that guy who's going to run the floor and, get as many dunks as he can, jump in at any moment he can and grab rebounds and just, you know, developing right before our own eyes. 
what I love about OB the most is obviously you're seeing like the jump in skill level and and confidence, but also just like he's like the energizer bunny out there. It's like like he just downs like two five hour energies, extra strength five hour energy, and he just hops in the game because he's out there running a mile a minute every second he's on the court. You know what I mean? And I know like the fact that like he's kind of playing limited minutes in terms of backing up Julius and being like more of a backup player off the bench will help him kind of, you know, maximize his minutes. He's going to go out there and play balls to the walls because he's not played 35 minutes out there. But even still, I thought that was impressive as like a, a as a second year player, you know? Yeah. What's crazy is that I think their best lineup was when they're both on the floor at the same time. And yeah, that's bro. the offense really started cooking. Yeah, and I mean. It's crazy to think that just a week ago, we, we didn't even know if Tiz would ever want to even do that. Yeah, I mean, I made note on our last episode. I was like, yo, maybe ballpark chance Tibbs is using a Wizards game as a tune-up to see how, like, you know, against a small Boston team, whether uh, Julius and Obi could really work like that. And I know I, on Twitter, I was just like, yo, I didn't expect really get like, I knew I said it literally on the episode we just had previously, but on Twitter I was just like, you know, I really didn't expect this in game one of all games, you know what I mean, for him to really mm-hmm. embrace small ball. Like, you know, Tibbs really might have turned a new leaf. And, yeah, it was necessity just because, like, obviously Taj is out. Shout out to Taj. I think he had, like, shout a, out. Yeah, he had a, he had a baby, right? Kid. Yeah, yo. Yeah. Big, big, big shout out to Taj. Old man Taj is, is he a, a grandfather? No, no, I'm playing. <laughs> He's a father. <laughs> but he's a first-time father. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, congrats to Taj. Um, Noel obviously dealing with a, a bum knee, you know what I mean? So it's just um, Jericho Sims got a few minutes, and I knew in the second half he that young man was not going to play. Yo, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff McGunny fucking scared me for a second. He was just like, yo, <laughs> Jericho Sims was eliminated by the Knicks. I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Split second, I was like, "Yo, we did we we take him out back and just did him like old yeller, like just like oh, oh, you know what I mean? Goddamn Jeff Van Gandy, bro. But nah, I mean, we tried Sims in the first half, and it was obvious, you know, if if Tibbs is fed up with Sims in the preseason, then I gave him probably like the first five games of the regular season, he would probably give Sims a try. Nope, this man Tibbs gave Sims the first half of the first game and he's like nope we're going small ball i don't even like small ball but yeah you're gonna sit on the bench sims and yeah i mean we saw it as like now it's you know second game we're seeing like the small ball really um be utilized and yeah i mean it it caused like an offensive explosion and yo julius we gotta we gotta talk about that's king julius bro and i say that like anytime you hear me say king julius you gotta just like if i'm writing it out it's in all caps always king julius you know what i mean no lowercase in that shit ever at all because, you know, people were saying like, yo, he's going to regress or he's going to fall off where that shooting was like a mirage last last, last um, season. And that was probably a main worry of us Knicks fans, but not, it did not look like it was a flaw. In fact, he looked more fluid. He looked more confident in his handle. He looked like his handle was tighter, bro. It looked like... It looked like he wasn't a big man, bro. It just looked like he was a small forward that just bulked up as opposed to a big man that slimmed down. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a weird distinction to make, but that's just how I kind of picture his game right now. It's just he's at a different, like, plateau right now, and it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? What, what's your takeaway with Julius? Like, what did you see tonight that kind of – do you feel reassured as far as, like, his trajectory? Like, he's the all-NBA guy going forward, or do you feel like – I guess it's just one game, you know? But what's your thoughts, basically? This is – this is next level Julius, man. And mm. really, the one thing that stood out the most to me for him was his confidence. Any guy, they, I, I know, I know the switch, you know, 
a defensive switch played a role, but I feel like I, I saw four different guys trying to guard Julius at any point. Cooking all, cooking all of them. Cooking whether, all of them. Whether it's Smart, whether it's uh, uh, Langford or Tatum or whoever. Whoever tried guarding him could not guard him, and he ended up dropping 35 points in his first game of the season. Uh, 35-9 and Oof. 8, I think. That's a uh, light yeah. day for him, considering uh, he, that, that should have been a triple-double, bro. He was, you know what I mean? Like He was so focused on scoring, he wasn't trying to go, go balls to the wall out there with the rebounding. You know what I mean? Right. In, <laughs> in 46 minutes, and he knocked down all of his free throws and took eight threes, made three of them. I, I remember saying yesterday that I was hoping to see RJ and Julius each put up six or seven threes this game. They each put up at least seven. So RJ with seven, Randall with eight. So they're putting them up. They each made three. Um but Randall, my man, is is that guy? Is, yeah. what, is what I'm seeing right now. I don't want to. I don't want to hype him up too much, but it's hard not to. Yeah, fantastic. Like, his trajectory, and I'm hoping for All NBA second team at this point, at least. Yeah, I mean, he did that last season. So I mean, if he's better than he was last season, and it's like quote unquote a real season, because the skeptics out there will say, "Now nah, it was a COVID season, empty gym," and even I joked during the playoffs, like, nah, he needed, he needs an empty arena and no lights as opposed to bright lights. But nah, I mean, that's just, that's just a joke out of love. You know what I mean? It's like how, like, you have family members that like, you could clown your cousin, but, like, you're not going to have an outsider from your family clown your cousin. You know what I mean? Like, that's how Julius is to right. us. But um, another take I want to say just real quick on Julius is that it just looked like what the, the thing about it is it just felt like he was kind of, in the zone as opposed in terms of just like knowing that yo this is my squad you know what i mean and the moments where we really needed that pickup he just went in and just did it you know what i mean and last year was kind of like a subtle kind of pleasant surprise because we was all we were all julius skeptics this year it's like okay can he deliver on the kind of great year that he just had and not only are us knicks fans kind of being reaping the rewards of Julius's confidence, but you're seeing like that self-assuredness with Julius. And like we made note of it just with like that game winner, game winner he had against the Wizards. He was just like boom, you know what I mean? He just made that shit and he just walked off. You know what I mean? Like that same kind of like aura was surrounding him in this game. But nah, nah go ahead. I right. feel like you had something to say. Right. And and two more points I want to add on. I know the combination of Obi and Randall was kind of in question because we weren't sure how they would perform defensively, and they played very well on defense. I think they each got a couple of blocks while they played together, especially late in the game. But one another thing that really stood out to me was his decision making and not only is he putting the load on his own shoulders right now, pause. It's a little different from the way Melo was was <laughs> he is confident in the rest of his team because if you think back to the first OT game, Fournier fucked up and and he was pretty much the main reason why we went into OT. Randall put up his own shot, got it in. I, I don't know if I'm thinking about the first OT or second OT, but then he passed, or maybe late in the fourth quarter, I don't know at this point. But Down he made a bucket, past and then he point. gave it to Fournier. He gave it to Fournier in the next bucket. He he asked for the ball right back. We all assumed he was going to go right back into Marcus Smart, put up a shot. He had Fournier cut around, passing the ball for an open three. Mm-hmm. And that, that confidence that he's giving to Fournier, the new guy who, you know, Honestly, he had a great game. Apart from that, apart from the late fourth game mistake that he made, the man had four steals. Yeah. The Knicks had nine steals in this game. He was responsible for half the steals that this team had. So, fuck the whole Bullock defensive talk for now, at least. <laughs> Fournier played very good defense this game. 
Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he might have given up some points, but like, yeah, man had like thirty two points, right? And bro, I, I like, I, I jokingly said this, you know, on Twitter, but I was just like, yo, Fournier in the first quarter had more reverse layups in that first quarter than Reggie Bullock had in like his two years with the squad. <laughs> that says a lot offensively, and like. It's a valid point that Bullock is a better defender with Fournier, but I feel like the offensive gap, as we covered previously, as has been pretty much covered by anybody with the two sets of, you know, a one set of eyes, you know what I mean, working eyes. Fournier is like leaps and bounds better than Bullock on offense, and it was clear just in terms of, just in terms of like that that dimension he has, and we touched on this in the preseason, but just like the way he can just attack like a defense that's rotating and reacting. That's rare. He had, like, those reverse layups were it, but he also had, like, real nice takes to the rim or, like, there were certain plays where, you know, it was obvious that the team is still kind of adjusting to each other's tendencies and where guys like to get the ball in spots because there were certain plays where it was just, like, it seemed, like, tentative or kind of, like, lackadaisical offense, but no, nah, it was just more so, like, guys were being unselfish. I saw one play where Fournier passed it, with, passed it to Robinson and Robinson passed it back to Fournier and you kind of like you know missed the layup but i was like you know what the timing on that like it was a good idea good ex- like good execution but the timing was off you know what i mean and that's just like this is only just game one mitch obviously this is literally his second game in like seven months he's never played with fournier basically so it, it all come with time and i just feel like this is like a really encouraging sign the fact that we showed a fight the fact that you know one rj looked like a bona fide wing defender julius looked like he's legit fournier looked like he was worth every penny um Mitch literally this is his second game back you know what I mean like I was talking about it you know the fact that there are idiots out there like trying to just clown Mitch for like being a quote-unquote out of shape this man has 17 rebounds today and like say what you will about you know his stamina still needs to get up to the actual pace like once his cardio is on point I feel like that defensive player of the year all defensive first team conversation is very realistic bro because you saw it in the game multiple times he is a fearsome fucking presence at the rim like there were moments that recovery he had where like it looked like it looked yeah. like an easy peasy open layup for mm-hmm. i don't know what scrub it was for Boston. was it romeo langford yo first of all time probably out. who the fuck did this dude romeo langford think he is man <laughs> fuck him like just 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 fuck him but yeah like it was it would have been an easy layup mitch just like he was like no no sir <laughs> he just like zoomed on him like he was michael myers bro that shit, <laughs> that shit would have terrified me i was like oh shit mitch relax <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and this is literally just him second game back. Like that needs to be emphasized multiple times over. Once he really gets his feet under him, gets his conditioning right, and you know, obviously, gets chemistry right with Kemba and Fournier, bro, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a beautiful thing. Like if if people really were like gassing up Capello because of his connection with Trey Young, like last season, it's about to be different. Once like you know. Kemba and Mitch get on the same page and even Fournier his playmaking and his passing like really is a nice dimension like additional dimension to our offense bro it's just there's a lot to a good thing to take away from this game but I kind of want to like settle on the negative right now as we kind of close out this quick reaction episode I was like you know in our last kind of preview episode about the matchup I was just like I said like it was a thing to watch in terms of just like the three-point like rate of Boston in terms of like their increase in taps and then like our three-point defense early on it looked scary you know what I mean I was like goddamn these too many fucking threes by Boston you know what I mean and a lot of that had to do with Jalen Brown just like I said just getting possessed by the ghost of 2003 T-Mac like what the fuck 
<laughs> this man was putting the ball up. Like, it looked like he was the point guard for, like, half the possessions on Boston. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck. God damn. Yeah, I yeah. want to give that man a, a quick shout out. I, I like Jalen Brown. This is his first game from recovering from COVID yeah, when he had breathing yeah. issues. And he came out and got a, got a career high. Played fucking, how many minutes did this guy play? He played for over 45 minutes. Put up 30 shots. Had put up 14 threes, had that one three-pointer that really got them to, to the first OT. That was clutch. Yeah, this man did he, not... He's in, insane, this, incredible. This man did not look like he just came back from COVID. It just looked like he just came back from Cabo, bro. Like, he just came back from a nice, relaxing vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got a nice massage this morning. He just went in limber and loose. He was like, all right, I'm about to hoop at the garden. You know what I mean? So, shout out to Jalen Brown. He is a good dude, smart, smart kid. Um... Really developed into a nice wing compliment to Tatum, bro. Like I said right. in our kind of season preview, it's tough to really, like, yeah, fuck Boston as a New Yorker, as a Knicks fan. Like, fuck them wholeheartedly from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul. I will never, ever have positive feelings about that city or that franchise. But Tatum and Brown, that's a beautiful core to build around. It's tough to, like, ever discount them in terms of any kind of, like, playoff race or contender race you know what i mean so the very fact that both these dudes are kind of scratching their surface they could get even better you know what i mean so and they're in our division like i got to give them that begrudging respect you know so yeah shout out to jalen brock because he, he almost had like a 50 burger tonight right or was it like 48 46 40, 46 ah goddamn man shit shout out to jalen i mean but RJ putting, you know, putting Tatum on Rikers Island. Somebody had to step up, I guess. <laughs> it's him and fucking Romeo Langford. That that was that shit pissed me off for no reason. Irrationally, this season, like Romeo Langford, really is has climbed to that the top of the list. That shit pissed me off. He was just <laughs> he was just making shots left and right. And I was like, who does he think he is, man? <laughs> um. Not not to uh, as we wrap up this episode, I, I hate to bring out a negative point, but oh, IQ man. in this game was very disappointing, man. Yeah, played yeah. eight minutes, second quarter, just making one mistake after another, pulling up from three when he shouldn't have, bricking it, and then yeah. that that one play where he had an ISO with Jason Tatum called no no I forgot who was guarding him, but he called a pick and roll, and Tatum guarded him, and Tatum locked him up, and then he just turned the ball over. And I think that was his last play of the game. And Tibbs just benched him for the rest of the game. So I'm hoping next game against the Magic, he gets a better chance to, you know, play play more minutes and and just step it up again. I'm sure he sees the love that, that Obi's getting and he he you know, he's experienced that kind of love before and I'm sure IQ's not the kid the type of player who's gonna, you know, get too He's not going to feel pessimistic for not playing this game. If anything, he's going to be in the gym longer and work harder. And that I'm, you know, we're fortunate to have players like that on our team. Yeah, I mean, I think with IQ, the biggest thing that I could tell, just even from like the good things he did in the game, he was just pressing regardless. Like the flutter he had, like Jeff Van Gundy made note, that shit was like damn near for fifteen to twenty feet out as a floater. It was almost felt like he was just trying to. He was, he, was, he was pressing, basically. Like, that three, that dumbass three he had where it was, like, damn near from half court, and then, like, the Celtics yep. got it immediately afterwards, like an open layup. Bro, I know Tibbs damn near wanted to strangle him. Like, the like the homer to Bart, Simmons, Bart Simpson shit, you know what I mean? Just, like, <laughs> choke him out, man. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it was a bad game, objectively speaking. IQ, we know he can do better. There will be games this season where he'll, he'll be the reason we win, you know what I mean? And that's, 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 
part of the game as being a young player, as a second-year guard, as playing a position that's probably the hardest to learn aside from center in the NBA, you know. So I'm not too down on IQ going into this season, but it was just disappointing to see. Um, but I just know for a fact that, like, if he did kind of have, like, those trademark IQ, like, hot shooting games, he would have ran away with this game, you know what I mean, despite Jalen Brown looking like Jalen Jordan, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I want to close this one out, but um, we got Orlando next, right? We can, I guess we can... Tomorrow. Tomorrow? No, I thought it was Friday, no? Oh, shit, it's, it's past 12, so tomorrow is actually Friday, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. The pesky concept of time. <laughs> it is technically no, Thursday, on. ladies and gentlemen. It, it, is, it is, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the latest episode we've ever done. Hey, Normally it's evening time or early in the morning, but midnight, this is this is a first, man. Four seasons in it took it only took that long for us to do a midnight episode. That's what I mean, man. We um, had to we had to feed the streets. This is this would be in people's airwaves in their in their eardrums tomorrow morning for the morning commute. So we got y'all. Well we'll hook y'all up, you know what I mean? Like that's what it's all about. Helping our fellow Nick's brethren and Nick's sisters. What what's the equivalent I, of brethren for sisters? I've never realized that. I'm going to look that up. I don't know if there is an equivalent for it. It's kind of unfair. The goddamn patriarchy, bro. <laughs> anyway, I, mean, uh, I think it's time for us to sign out. It's, it, we, it's late, and we sound in delirious there, right now. There is a cistern. Cistern? That sounds made up. It's a that shit ain't right. Middle English. It's, from the middle, it's, from, it's a Middle English word from the 12th to 15th centuries, but brethren and cistern are... Apparently, both words. That just sounds made up. That sounds like some shit a kindergartner would say, like brethren, real word, cistern. Nah, you know what I mean? Like, they deserve better. The ladies deserve better. You know what I mean? Anywho. Any recommendations? I mean, don't look at me, bro. <laughs> it's past midnight. I'm half brain dead right now. All I know is the next right. one, I'm delirious with joy and, uh, 81 games to go, bro. I mean, shit, man. The, the, the Celtics got just killed by their ex-backs backcourt. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If only they had Ev- Evan Fournier, man. They probably would have beat us. Too bad they don't. Yo, if Jalen Brown made that dunk that he missed, this could have been a whole different story. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, that play where RJ locked up Jason Tatum at the end of the first OT, oof. And, and Tatum oh, airballed that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could just as easily say, like, yeah, like, those IQ, IQ had a bad game, but the shots he did take, we wanted him to take last year, ironically enough. We thought he was too passive at, at, at certain points last year. But the shots he took this year, it, they would have blown the goddamn roof off the off of MSG, bro. Like, that... that the rim, at least. Yeah. Rim, nah, he, he damn near... He was out there like Marcus Smart and that shit, man. Like, Marcus Smart is fascinating. He'll either swish that shit or, like, his, his, his misses will fucking dent the rim bro have that shit bent looking sideways <laughs> but uh yo shout yeah, out let's, let's, shout, yeah, shout out to no i was just gonna say last note shout out to julius for showing how a power forward really should fucking match up with marcus smart like just as we foretold oh, yeah. as a prophecy foretold in the past episode like that's what you're supposed to do get that small dude on you you cook him no matter what you know what i mean that's right um we appreciate ah. Wow, it really is midnight here. We appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Nickish. 
Uh, make sure you tune in for the next episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Subscribe on YouTube and all po- on. Oof, oof. Oh man, it's. I'm really fumbling my words here. Subscribe on YouTube and all of our podcasting platforms, and uh, we'll truly appreciate that. Give us a five star review. And uh, next episode, we will not be fumbling, or sorry, I will not be fumbling this hard because it'll be earlier in the day, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I'm man. just, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, so until <laughs> next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace. Like Jason Tatum out here, seven to thirty. Um, and then this closing segment. Ayo, right, peace. <laughs> let's let's close this shit out. <laughs>